For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about Hell On, the new record by Nico Case, and it starts out with the title track. contract or a guide God is in a specified time You cannot time its tables It sets no glass or gables God is a lusty tire fire Its bristles scrape and strike the stage Rock, paper, scissors Rage at mercy on the natural world. My voice is not. Nico Case has had a long and illustrious career, and this is her seventh solo LP, in addition to a bunch of collaborations she's done with other artists. And of course, she's one of the main members of one of the best power pop groups of our generation, the New Pornographers, who have been around for 20 years now. This is the first album, I believe, that she's produced mostly herself. She co-produced some of the tracks with Bjorn Yitling of Peter, Bjorn, and John, and you can certainly hear that influence on some of the songs. But this is this might be my favorite record of hers so far. Yeah, and I'm coming in as a, a horribly less versed in the Nico Case songbook, let's say. I mean, I've heard some of her songs and the, she has just such a remarkable voice and is one of the strongest members of the new pornographers. And so to me coming into this album, though, as a relatively trying to be open-minded, like, hey, I don't know what to expect. And I don't think I was expecting this, though, based on her earlier songs, like that this kind of starts with this kind of shambling rhythm and I almost I got this kind of Tom Waitsy vibe of someone in a like in a junkyard on a like out of tune piano could be singing this. It doesn't sound like that, but it sounds like the kind of song that could be like that and it just has this kind of almost like mystical quality to it even as it's so simple. And then sonically by the end of it, we get all the string section and it gets much more complicated and faster and more exciting. And I think that's always a fun way to start an album. I think this is probably the most complexly produced album she's ever made. And I think she made her name as sort of people would brand her alt country, but that's really not accurate. But you know, she focuses a lot on her amazing voice and then just kind of simple instrumentation. And I feel like this is the most maybe fully realized record that brings in kind of all of the parts of her as an artist in that it's much more complexly produced. The instrumentation is really different. There's a lot of different styles and I think it incorporates some of the styles that she has developed working with other collaborators and just emotionally I feel like this brings together a lot of the themes that have run throughout her songs and you know her trademark I think is not just her voice but the way that she really surprises you you never know where her songs are going and it's never like verse chorus verse it's always this kind of voyage where the song often changes keys and instrumentation and really develops over the course of it and I feel like these are 
really great examples of that stuff. Yeah, this this one where it's so conversational, where it's just sort of verse, verse, verse. Oh, and now a bridge. It's mm-hmm. wait, what? And the, the I mean, the closest thing to a chorus is just kind of this repeated refrain of the natural world, the natural world, and it's not totally clear what that means. Although certainly, you get some sense of like a, a feminist theme of like talking about like, oh, I, I'll you you'll you'll not be my master, you'll barely be my guest. It's, it's sort of this no, notion of relationship, like, yeah, you're not in charge here. <laughs> and of course, with Nioko Case, yeah, she's definitely in charge. And I like, though, that it has that kind of just spooky weirdness in the middle of it, and then returns to this just sort of another couple of verses. And after this kind of shambling kind of downbeat, and then it just, I think in the last verse, just abruptly switches to this major chord, sort of unexpectedly, and it's this nice little twist on this otherwise kind of curious little, it's it's a weird way to start the album for sure. And the next song is more of kind of a straightforward song and it's called Last Line of Albion. about what I think are the two overarching themes that are going on in this record. First of all, Nico Case has said in interviews recently that she's kind of become more aware of being a feminist and like thinking about women's place in history and reading a lot about colonialism and asking the questions why women have kind of been written out of history and how and why white men have been the driving force in the history narrative that we've been handed where the conquered civilizations and the women have been just sort of written out as being passive or like not driving the narrative. And then she talks about reading a book about the Amazons and other like women in history and how that has informed her thinking. And then at the same time, she had a problem with a really scary stalker that she had to get a restraining order against. And there's the Me Too movement and everything else. So I think there's That's one of the things that's going on in this record narratively. And then the other part is the fact that Nico Case has always written about this idea of forces of nature, hurricanes and tornadoes and things that you can't really stop and you just have to kind of gird yourself against. And then also writing about the natural world and animals often as in the place of like victims or, you know, people who are like standing in for people who might be abused And so I think that she uses that narrative here to posit the force of nature being the misogynistic conquering European civilization and how that has affected everyone else in the world. And so here she's kind of using animals going extinct as a figure for victims of colonialism. Well, yeah, there's this notion of 
uh, I think re- related to that, this notion of the, the broader culture, you know, appropriating things as symbols and in mm-hmm. the process destroying them and saying, yeah. like, we're going to take the reality of you and change it into this thing that then becomes sort of the a part of this engine of running the society the way we want. And you're you don't have input because now you're dead. Mm-hmm. And so this entire just you'll feel extinction when you see your face on their money. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that your your entire life is sort of boiled down into just this piece of metal that's commerce. Yeah. And it's so brutal. And I think structurally, I, I really like this song and the way that it kind of starts off very poppy with sort of verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Mm-hmm. And that's what we heard there. And there's this very catchy, just very simple syncopated rhythm that just car- carries the through line here and just really gives us a very propulsive feeling Mm -hmm. and once we go through that a couple times though it just becomes kind of this repetition of that same chorus just every time it's something else that's gone something Mm -hmm. else that's lost Mm -hmm. and it gets more and more heartbreaking and then that little bit uh i didn't even hear it the first time that i listened to this song but there's that subtle little arpeggiator at the end of that first chorus and then as we go through that becomes more and more prominent and it is very pretty but very disconcerting yeah there's um bjorn yitling of peter bjorn and john had play some of the instruments on this record and you can really see the peter bjorn and john influence i think here on a lot on a lot of the more poppy songs and this one in particular that it's just a more classic structure and it's easier to follow and it's also it's got katie lang as the backing vocals which is one of she one of the i think themes of this record is kind of girding yourself against the the evil natural forces of the world by marshalling the people that you care about and like having your your posse that you can depend on and so she's got a ton of backing vocalists and friends who co-write and participate in a lot of these songs which is kind of cool yeah and so i think that, yeah this song which i think superficially seemed very poppy but actually turns out to be really pretty deep and intense this next song we'll play, I think, is maybe the poppiest song on this the album. This might be the poppiest Nico Case song ever. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> it's called Bad Luck. Are you tired of things going right? Things going wrong. Tired of trying to make everyone happy. Too tired to sing your own song. Walk a dog from a running dream and that's bad luck. So the poppiness of this is so much just even the theme of bad luck. And I was almost was a little bit reminded of that old um, ironic Alanis Morissette was sort of the same thing. So <laughs> this is actually bad luck. It really is bad luck. Uh-huh. And there is a little bit of a notion of like, oh, you, you have to take the good with the bad. So this is sort of a tr- well-trod territory sort of thematically and musically. It's just so kind of catchy and straightforward, except for this one weird bit where it's sort of verse chorus verse chorus and then like a bridge and then another bridge kind of mm-hmm. and this and then a weird chorus in the middle with a whole bunch of like bongo drums or something which feels kind of dropped in from a completely different universe 
Yeah, I mean, this is one of the ones that was produced by Bjorn, of Peter Bjorn and John, and it definitely, it reminds me a lot of Young Folks, if you know that song, and it, it's very, you you mentioned kind of the cheesy bass, it's got it, a... Yeah, once I heard it, and again, listening on the good headphones, I was like, oh, wow, what is up with that bass? Oh, that's really weird. But I just love <laughs> that she's exploring new territory, and I think it sounds great, and the backing vocals are Kelly Hogan, who's like her longtime backing vocalist, and Nora O'Connor. And it has the little interesting bit of history, which is that she was in, so she was with Peter, the Peter Bjorn and John guys in Sweden to record this record. And she was there and got a call at three o'clock in the morning that her house was on fire and her house burned down a 200 year old farmhouse in Vermont. And she found out she kind of had to figure out what to do. Turned out that like her boyfriend and all of her animals were fine and they were able to kind of resettle the animals with close friends and so she decided to just stay and finish the record and and this was the song that she did the vocal tracking of two days after her house burned down and so it's it seems particularly relevant even though it had been written previously yeah that repeated refrain so i died and went to work takes on a lot of extra weight given that context for sure yeah but i just i i think it's so fun and just such a great catchy song which is also just about it has so many great life lessons in it, you know, and, and that's, it, it, I think it captured sort of the spirit of a lot of her music, which is bad things are going to happen. And these forces of nature that we can't really control are kind of going to do things. And you just got to get back on the horse and get back to work. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we go from this very pop track with universal messages to, I think, what t- to me feels like a very personal kind of maybe a little autobiographical and sort of epically almost kind of psyche cosmic track called curse of the i5 corridor well can it be a comfort between us because i never want to know for sure maybe i'm afraid but it's not your fault maybe i should go It's really exciting to see Nico Case embracing kind of the most really sort of self-indulgent 1970s arena rock kind of craziness with that instrumental section we hear in the middle there. And I love it so tongue in cheek where she just says, oh, instrumental over the bridge. Like she's, this is what I'm doing now. And it's, I like that kind of self-awareness and that she's really just, hey, I'm going to explore this seven minute plus long epic story of me coming of age as an artist. And it's really overwrought and beautiful and just absurdly melodramatic. And yet it comes down to this 
the fact that it's this duet with Mark Lanigan and through all of this, just like, hey, what really can sustain you is collaboration and musical partners. Yeah, and this is somebody that she has known for a long time and he actually, they met from time to time, both like touring up and down the I-5 corridor because she was living in Vancouver and she's from Tacoma, Washington and he's also from the West Coast. And so she, I, I know she said in an interview that she picked him to do this song with because she felt like he was the only person who could understand what she was trying to communicate because he had kind of had you know the same experience at that time and it's it's so long and sprawling and surprising and it goes in a lot of directions and it feels really personal I don't know how much of this is her own personal experience versus a character but it really feels like she's kind of speaking from the heart and that's really cool to see yeah and it just I've amazing you know i don't want to get carried away with lyrics but it's just i think it's lyrically really dense and Mm -hmm. very heartfelt and i just love this that like i I don't know that i've been good for you if i'd stayed in the current of your life i was an eyelash in the shipping lanes which is such a beautiful line yeah just that's so vivid and it's sort of tearing yourself down in a way but more just like keeping things in perspective the universe is a grand universe and your place is not always clear when you're starting out. Yeah, and she ha- she has another line that's, I miss the smell of mystery, reverb leaking out at tavern doors and not knowing how the sounds were made. And just kind of capturing that time in her life where she just, all she cared about was music and wanting to make it and just kind of following around, you know, going to these different clubs and seeing people performing. And it's just very evocative. And I think it's great right here in the middle of the record. Yeah. And it, this sort of beautiful ode to sort of musical collaboration and partnership i think we get a little bit more of that in the next track we'll play it's called gumball blue Collaborations. This is a collaboration in writing with Nico's longtime co-band mem- member Carl Newman of the New Pornographers, and it's a really, it really sounds like it could be a New Pornographers song with the shimmery synths there in the background, and that's actually New Pornographers keyboardist John Collins who's playing on this, and it's it's really sweet because Nico Case has talked before about how she had a really rough upbringing and she was estranged from her parents and the new pornographers sort of became her surrogate family and there's a quote from an interview about the song where she said she was struggling to find it and so she asked Carl for help and she just said here the song is about you can you help me finish it I I just think it comes out really charming yeah there's a deep sweetness to this and even though that you know stained my mouth gumball blue is just an odd phrase and I'm not quite sure what to make of it but it feels both so ordinary and yet kind of mystical and the entire song is like that where she's talking about her 
you know, stain my mouth. And then at the end, she's like, oh, we're going to stain the edges of the nebula that we're like taking off from Earth into the stars through the power of musical collaboration. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people have described the new pornographer's sound as sort of bubblegum space pop. And I think maybe that's a nod to this. Yeah, it's very touching. And it's just, as I said, it's just the sweetness to it. And that it is funny, though, just that extent that not just the not just that synthesizer sound but just everything about this song it's like the oh yeah clearly this is carl and, yeah. carl newman's in here just yeah the way the drums and the guitars kind of interact is it would fit on one of those albums yeah it, you know the the there's a couple of carl newman solo albums that he did under the name ac newman and this reminds me a lot of shut down the streets and some of the songs that are kind of slower on the that second record Anyway, talking about duets, the next song that we'll play is called Winnie, and this is Beth Ditto doing the vocals for the title character, Winnie. So I looked off the edge of the world I saw the girl who changed everything That's when I met Winnie I wanted to be her sailor's tattoo she sang me a song that was too sad for some Struck up the band and filled up her lungs Her mouth was sharp as the rib of a star She told no tame truths that would break our own hearts We were number of tracks with nautical imagery and i think it's just so vivid this fleet of ships with this captain who is oh it's beth ditto who's captaining the ship and she just brings that crazy voice of we're warriors and it's just so joyful and it kind of converts all that martial imagery of sort of the warships and how odd it is that warships are called she and how like no we're just feeling this joy and it's running through us like welder's flux which is such a crazy image and i just i love it yeah i mean this kind of calls back to the a song that we didn't play halls of sarah which is the thematically about you know kind of putting women out on, up on this pedestal and worshiping them and calling them your muse and naming warships off them while also like treating them like garbage and this is i think kind of calls back to that and this is about her own love of the women in her life and particularly the female musicians who inspire her and so it's kind of like taking that inspiration but in a more positive way and i thought it was really touching and i love the way that this we played kind of the middle of the song where it completely changes like three different times and that's a lot that's the case of a lot of songs on this record but it still feels like a cohesive unit and it, it flows like a, a song it, it makes sense as a song even though it shouldn't but it's just very inventive and you just never know where it's going next yeah so 
from that we continue the nautical theme into the next track we'll play it's called my uncle's navy think it really ties all the preceding themes of the record together in such a like creepy and evocative way and it's you know talking about this idea of sort of white men as the natural force that threatens all of us she makes it a very specific and personal memory about this creepy guy who little girls always know that there's some creepy guy around and it's usually like a friend's stepdad or stepbrother in this case it's some uncle but not by blood who would scare the kids by torturing animals in front of them and was just like a really horrible person and was would also gaslight them with talking about navy and if it's if I say that black is blue it's blue black is blue if I say it is and it it reminds me of this this sweater that I have that has dark navy stripes on it and I always get it out to wear it with black pants and then I get out in the light when it's too late to change and I realize that it's actually blue and so like just that idea of you can't trust your own senses that someone else and usually it's like a man who's in charge and is in a position of power who's going to tell you what your own senses tell you is wrong yeah there's it is a really dark way to get towards the end of this album and just that chorus we hear and it's kind of remarkable there's been so many guest vocals on here and that that line in the tar pit sea memories wear thick coats it does not sound like Nico case like she's doing something crazy to her voice that i didn't know she could do and that darkness she has uh, that, incredible range yeah that but that notion that like even if you survive like this was a really traumatic memory and she survived but you you know, the, the, your memories are trying to drag you down. And if you survive, though, it still changes you. You're, you have to get tough and maybe a way you didn't want to get tough. And it's really sad, even if we're glad that she survived. And, I, you know, this, this album has that sort of these struggles, but the transcendence and that here we are in the penultimate track. And I, and I think that it the album has the more mystical parts and I like that it sort of we get really dark and personal and then she survives through to the last track where she gets more about the mystical power of music and is very kind of self-aware yeah it's called Pitcher Honey and it reminds me so much of a new pornographer's song and and it in fact it specifically reminds me a lot of the Bleeding Heart show just the way that it goes out 
it's it's maybe my favorite song on the record yeah it's this amazing build-up of first talking about like well here's how i make music and she's very kind of like here let me tell you all my tricks Mm -hmm. and just because i'm telling them they still work and Mm -hmm. it's kind of amazing yeah and i think it goes back to the beginning track i think you pointed out that they're paired well together that it's about these kind of natural forces that control the world and like are also at work at you in you with the creative process yeah that's a very as i said a very mystical i feel like she's like this witch who's tapped (laughs) into this just intense energy is able to channel it in a really beautiful way yeah she's certainly a singular voice and i'm really glad to have this record so we're going to go out with that last song pitcher honey And you've been listening to For the Record. We've been discussing Nico Case's latest album, Hell On. Thanks for listening. I hear overtones And make this another song Out of reach of human hands We don't have control Major cause to make this a sadder song, and effective manipulation. Moonlight reflected is many times stronger. I release it into the custody of my